1: PlushCare.com slash weight loss. ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. wherever you listen to podcasts.
0: ACAST helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. ACAST.com Welcome to Face to Face. This is a show about change and about what's next. It's a show that wants to ask questions, peel back the layers of our average everyday experience, and go beyond scratching the surface. Well, welcome to another edition of Face to Face. Today is, uh, well, it's kind of irrelevant because you're probably going to be listening to this, folks, in about six weeks, but it's July the 7th. It's kind of ugly out. We had a horrible thunderstorm last night, and I'm sitting here with my guest today, Dave Toyson, uh from World Vision. Thanks for joining us today, Dave. Oh,
1: I'm delighted to, David. I, I have so much regard for what you're... Doing around ideas and how to prevent uh, present them in really thoughtful ways. And oh, so, thank you, I really no, appreciate that. Thanks. Um, so, Dave Toyson, uh,
0: President—I uh, almost said founder—President uh, <laughs> of World Vision um, um, uh, for about 18 years. Uh, just we were just uh, uh, casually chatting about in his 18th year since 1996, and today I just you know I. I I'll let you tell us what you want to tell us about yourself. I know uh, Dave and I have connected over the years uh, on a philosophical level. Mm-hmm. Uh, and also on a film level, we both have a love for uh, I guess academia and not Hollywood necessarily, <laughs> no. but we definitely have a love for storytelling. Yeah. And I hope we get into that here today. So again, Dave, thanks for thanks for joining us. Um, you know, let's start with an easy question. Mm-hmm. Uh, how, how do you How would you uh, after this many years of working in the majority world, um, define uh, poverty, or maybe even, uh, and I want to talk about this a little bit, but or or being at risk, or would you say they're they're kind of the same thing?
1: I, I think they're really kind of the same thing. I think poverty, in many ways, it's about the lack of opportunity or the lack of choices. Maybe is another way to describe it. Um, and and the reason I, I use the word it means that people don't have the option. To choose to get an education, to to pursue a job, to pursue those there's blocks whether it's you know everything from violence to cultural uh, to just lack of opportunity, and so people tend to think of it as just a money issue, which is very significant, sure, absolutely, but actually. I think what we've all learned to a certain extent: just giving people money doesn't solve poverty. Right. Right. Uh, What 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 sol quote solves poverty, and 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 this is a really deep and powerful question. Of course. But but certainly part of the solution is how do you how do you change how are you part of the change in the environment where the poor themselves still own it. In in the end, we're not going to change it if they don't own the sense that they can be their solution. Right. We right. need to be there, helping in whatever we can do, and that 's part of how people get out of poverty from a from a spiritual side of things you, right. you can also look at it that way there's a sense in which certainly the world is broken right and and we'll we'll even find you might say wealthy people who are very poor
0: right well, this is what i 'm trying to get at is i'm i 'm uncomfy now the more I hear of people talking about poverty it's Usually, I was going to say always, mm-hmm. sweeping generalization. But it's usually we talk. We're talking about economics at this mm-hmm. point. Well, they're, they they need my they they need my help, and my help is a tax deductible check, mm-hmm. right, or a tax deductible donation. And frankly, I'm a little tired of that. Or you know, I'm suffering from a little bit of donor fatigue these days because mm-hmm. people there's too many people at my door, mm-hmm. and so on and so forth. And I really want to try to get away from that personally, uh, more and more to a more uh, a richer. Kind of more robust definition, and this idea of opportunity, I think, is interesting because, uh, well, we all lack mm-hmm. certain opportunities, right, on certain mm-hmm. levels, and aren't we? And if we truly are all broken, then we're all at risk in one way or
1: another. It seems yeah, to absolutely, we, we have a. It's kind of simplistic, but it kind of works. We have a saying at World Vision: "No one's too poor to give, and no one's too rich to receive."
0: Mm, that's
1: good. So, so because I think more and more there's, an under, there's a kind of mutuality here. And so I, I think for so many people, this is certainly my experience early on in my first global exposure to poverty, is that y- you come away realizing that, yes, from a financial standpoint, these people are really poor and their health is suffering as a result of that or their kids aren't getting an education. But in terms of their care for each other, Right. Oftentimes, their community, their sense right. of community seems stronger, stronger than where we were coming right. from. Well, you often, that's very humbling.
0: Very humbling. And the cliche is kind of, oh, well, you know, folks in Malawi or folks in Cambodia are far happier than we are, right? I don't yeah. know if that's always true, no. but we do tend to sort of focus on that, folks that, that visit uh, at-risk communities will say, "Well, they may not have a lot of money or they may not have clean water, but boy, they've got a rich family life. Yeah.
1: And uh, but I, but I think you're you're absolutely right. We must never make that an excuse, right as to I mean, because I don't know, I've talked to an awful lot of parents in in developing countries, and I've never met one of them that that doesn't say i want to I want to be able to care for my child, right. Because their children are their future,
0: yeah, and so
1: yeah. I think to in any way mitigate or diminish our desire to respond with things like you know mortality rates among kids, yep. or nutrition, malnutrition, yep. uh, education, livelihood, and family. those still need to be addressed. Yeah, uh, yeah. They, they need, they must be addressed because these, they, the fact that they have a positive view of life is the way they've learned yeah. to cope with their circumstances right. as well. Right. You look for hope. Right. You're not looking for things to be worse. You're looking for hope
0: you think that um, and I've known you long enough to know that you don't like to lean towards the negative you've got a you've got a positive outlook and it's really quite incredible considering the issues that world visions dealing with on a day-to-day basis and the stuff that you've seen in your travels but do you think Canadians do you think the West do you think those of us who are rich economically are looking for excuses to not give to not get involved you know um, Uh, You and I have probably talked about this whole idea. It's all about, uh, you know, if it's outside of my backyard, I'm not interested. You know, so let's, you know, metaphorically build a higher fence, you know, and make sure I can't see my neighbours because, heaven forbid, I should actually have to interact with them. So I don't know. I I don't want to go all negative and cynical, but at the same time, it does seem like there is a backing away um, from action.
1: It's so difficult, I think, to generalize. Yeah, that's um, true, yeah. Because, obviously, in our experience, the special gift of doing this kind of work is you're exposed to so many people who want to help. They're generous. That's very they, true, that, yeah, yeah. True. it's true. But, yeah. but, I mean, I've done enough reading, at least, at, a, at an amateurist level, to have some knowledge of how generosity, how that's actually formed in people, and we know that one of the biggest factors is people who grew up in families, children who grew up in families where their parents were generous. That's one of the biggest factors and so I think it's quite clear that not everybody's automatically generous. I do think it's pretty much a human response that when you see somebody in trouble you want to help. I, I think that's pretty straightforward. And I think the money thing is a little bit more complicated. Mm-hmm. I think sometimes people are less willing to give money, but more willing to help directly, right? which is a good thing. I mean, I'm, sure I'm not critical yep. of that. But I, yep. think, I think, too, the other thing we have to be careful about is that we're not just talking about money. We're also talking about how people volunteer their time. Yep. Etc. But, but unfortunately, some of the volunteering of time is actually diminishing, especially for younger people, right. uh, younger family, I would say. From at least these are more just. Well, my Well, you know what's
0: interesting. So poverty, we look at it's not just an economic distinction, no. and generosity, not just an economic no. distinction. I no. mean, um, uh, why don't we put a plug in for your book, Generosity, right now? While sure, we're, the while power we're, of
1: generosity. The power of generosity. Okay. You, yes. you do
0: need to get. It's an excellent read. It's been a while since I've read it, but it's uh, it's still on the still on the bookshelves. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I mean, these, I think the thing for me that even just this initial conversation is doing for me is, again, it's a reminder at how, and this sounds like, in a way, an oversimplification as well, uh, and almost a, a, a desire to disengage, but mm-hmm. these are complex things. Oh,
1: absolutely. Right? Absolutely. Very nuanced,
0: yeah. very subtle. This isn't, like you say, just about dropping, uh, air dropping money into a community somewhere in Papua New Guinea. This is, This is way more systemic. Yeah.
1: Uh, if we're really going to have a long-term uh, term well, One example that just stands out for me, this was in Tanzania a number of years ago, and I was in a small community, and they, they actually had space set aside for people that were suffering from Hansen's disease, from leprosy. Hmm. And uh, we, were, we met this mother, both her children, had, her in-law as well as her son, had died of AIDS. Hmm. She was left with two granddaughters, she had leprosy herself, so she had, most of her toes were gone. She only had a thumb left on her hands. Her nose was shrunken. She was probably, she was a very tiny woman. Hmm. She would go to the market every market day and beg. That's how she provided. Her her girls weren't going to school. I think they were six and nine, something like that. Right. And and so we talked to her and we, we explained how we were starting a community development project in the area and that that it was important that she and her and her granddaughters would be part of it she lived in a shack uh, they they really had almost nothing other than the goodwill and the beauty she never right. she is interesting she never stopped smiling with a smile on her face right right so we got ready to leave she was a very religious person and I had sensed that, so I, I try to be quite sensitive about these things. But I felt it was appropriate to offer a prayer, and so I did this. And through the, the translator, sort of jumped on me because she said, "Oh no, you're not going to pray for us. I'm going to pray for you." I'm going to pray for you. Yeah,
0: so here we cool.
1: are, standing. My colleagues and I were standing there, and this little C- Christian lady, woman, Muslim woman. Yeah, she was a Christian woman. Oh, okay. She's just praying her heart out. She says, first of all, thank you for the Canadians who've come to help. <laughs> right? Give them safe travel back. Then she prayed for her granddaughters. And then she finished the prayer, and she never prayed for one thing for herself. For herself. And we're all standing there, you know, tears running down her cheeks. Sure. But that's just an example of where you go to places where you think, you think that you're there to help and that you're on kind of a, a sacred, noble task. Right, right. And you come away so humbled, you say, I don't know if I'm up to this. Yeah. This woman. Is so far ahead of me right. when it comes to yeah. being truly generous right. and right. thoughtful right. and spiritual. That
0: yeah, this is just, I'm just speechless. frankly. this isn't just a two week short term trip for this no. person. This is a this is clearly a lifestyle. This is something that uh, that she's indwelling on a whole
1: other level, yeah. or at least so it seems, huh? And it's it's also I think the other thing that is the 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 preoccupation with hope in the midst of great. It's a great,
0: great, great title for something, the preoccupation
1: with hope. It's just, it's everywhere you look. Now, I grant you, there are some situations, I would say, particularly with the AIDS crisis, I think, Mm -hmm. where you had people who were so depressed uh, and connected with their illness, et cetera, that wasn't perhaps as much the case. But even there, I, I, I still, I remember on so many occasions going into the, the, the little groups that formed of AIDS survivors, they, didn't talk to them, they talked about themselves as survivors. And even in those situations that were so hard, where they'd lost children or they'd lost their parents, and, and still hope was everywhere. And I, I just think it's, once again, the power of the, of the human being to have hope. From a, you know, as, a, as a religious person, I see that's the image of God in all of us. And that's why people are so valuable. It isn't just because we're a human being, it's also because we're, we're actually the image of something even greater than ourselves. So,
0: <clears throat> this idea of others, it sounds to me like, uh, you know, obviously a, a, a biblical notion, this idea mm-hmm. of loving your neighbor, mm-hmm. you know, you got the golden rule in there and so on. Mm-hmm. I mean, you look around the world and I think that the his, historically, what do we got? 3500 years of civilized history, a couple hundred years of peace. Um, we've been killing each other for most of the time. Mm-hmm. Why is it so hard? It seems, you know, so we're, here we are telling these wonderful stories of hope and of this woman praying for you. I mean, wonderful story. And yet we've got, you know, the Central African Republic going on right now. We've got tensions in Rwanda, it mm-hmm. seems. We've got uh, DRC and, and, and Syria. I mean, the refugee crisis is just, so is it, is it a small group? C- do you think, you know, based on your travels, Dave, do you think you can say, listen, the majority of us are living a life that is at least acknowledging others. I was going to say through the eyes of others, but that might be a little too lofty. <laughs> right, right, right. <laughs> you know, right. You know, here we go from talking about get out of my backyard because I don't want to think about it to maybe actually there's a brighter light here at the end of this tunnel. Maybe we just haven't tapped into something quite yet.
1: Yeah, I, I think there's there's always hope that 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 there will be more and more ways in which people will see opportunities to be peaceful rather than killing each other. Um, it, it seems sometimes that we just get drawn into this idea that it's an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. And I, you know, I think it's Gandhi who said eventually everybody will be blind. Right, right. That, that's what's so crazy about all this. Um, I, I just think a lot of it, uh, not to paint the picture too easily I think, but I mean so much of it too is the circumstances. For example, you, you look at a lot of the killing, and oftentimes it's, it's young men who don't have much hope, they haven't had much opportunity, or it's, it's deep cultural pieces that, that are just, and every culture has a dark side to it. Uh, some, I think, are appear, they're, they're, it appears to be even more violent and so forth. So that, that's there. And then, and religion drives it as well. It's, I mean, as a person who's part of a Christian faith, who's part of a religion, that's extremely difficult mm-hmm. to understand. Yeah,
0: yeah. Uh, well,
1: but you, you kind of have
0: to wonder, too, on some levels, if it's really a misappropriation of religion. Yeah, Whatever religion it is, yeah, you choose. It, I, yeah, that's th- what we argue. You know, mm-hmm. whether Oh, it's, it's a religious war. Yeah. It's just so easy to, to, yeah, to make Yeah, and that. so
1: I, so, I mean, mm-hmm. I wish there was an easy answer yeah. to that, but there isn't. I mean, the good news is that, in spite of what we really now have, it seems to be like a dark context at the moment. Mm-hmm. I mean, in terms mm-hmm. of violence, where we've got what 51 million refugees, the most since World War II, uh, and it's and the the refugee is largely around violence. There's some climate refugees right. or you know right. the humanitarian disaster side of things, but most of it's around violence, and so it's just this ah, just this thing that's in all of us somewhere uh, to be violent when we're threatened in some ways. And, uh, and I, you know, once again, poverty has something to do yeah, with it, sure, there's sure. political manipulation going on. Um, I, I think one of the things that's so difficult is that when you see leaders in countries really just abusing their power, yes. and they're just yep. not accountable. Right. They're not accountable for that. And, and we still see we see elements of that in Western countries too. It's of just course, yeah. most of the time we've been spared for the intensity of what we see, you know, in places like Syria, for example, or South Sudan at the moment, which is yeah, another sure. one that just breaks your heart. The newest country in the world, and they're back in civil war with each yeah, other. And yeah. There's a there's a very tentative peace agreement at the moment, but it's I think it's far from over.
0: Um, I think Jeffrey Sachs said in uh, the uh, the end of poverty. Um, that he wrote maybe 10 years ago now, that one of the reasons why we, as in the West, should care about issues like extreme poverty and so on is because of terrorism. That was one of his answers way back when. Probably, I think it was post 9-11. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you you refer to you know a lot of these young men, in many cases killing others with no hope and no opportunity. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Do you think that's a solution? So in other words, if these young men presumably had access to these opportunities that many, you and I have, for instance, education, better education, uh, better jobs and you know, more comfortable
1: lifestyles, et cetera., do you think there'd be uh, a reduction in the violence? Do you think that?: I has think something there would be, but I would be very quick to say we also know that many of the terrorists are very well educated. Right. And many of them have actually come from middle-class families. It's good, it's, true. So it's not And very well-funded. Very well-funded. Yeah. So, I, once again, the depth of the brokenness yeah. of yeah. human beings is, is really profound. Uh, and so I think we still have to acknowledge that. But I mean, there's a side of me that says, why don't we spend more money on education than on guns? I, I think of it particularly when you consider the number of women and girls who've never had an education. Right. I think educating women and girls is really critical. Because I think when you look at societies generally, women, uh, maybe perhaps because they're mothers, have had more impact on peace and less violence than men generally. I think, I, I don't know if I can say that's a fact, but that's certainly an observation. Well, I definitely
0: know it wouldn't take us too long to walk over to your PC there and find some stats from the World Bank and the CIA that would suggest that, you know, if women are educated in a particular yeah. household, certain things, certain rates of disease go down, yeah. certain rates of inequity go down, certain rates of violence go down. So. Uh, yeah, they are. They definitely are facts. So, do you see that? Uh, it's a nice little segue, I think, because I did want to talk about gender disparity, and we've got this whole child and maternal health focus now mm-hmm. and uh, development uh, worldwide. Really, certainly with the Canadian government, but worldwide as well. Um, do you think that's uh, a, a, a key? Uh, I know Stephen Lewis also. Mm-hmm. Basically, whenever you hear Stephen speak, it's it's gender. Yes, it's gender disparity. Yes, of course, his his thing is HIV/AIDS and so on but he talks a lot about
1: that. Oh, absolutely. I, I don't think and there's em- any empowerment. question. Empowerment. Yeah. Uh, I mean, Rwanda, for example, mm-hmm. uh, and, and obviously there's been some controversy about Rwanda, but in terms of the, the uh, advancements they've made in education and health and so forth, but part of it is is that they have, I think, half of their government uh, right. representation is women. Right. They've made it a part of, and I think that's part of some of the success that they've seen. And I think the the presence of women in leadership, as well as being leaders in their family as well, is really critical for the future of our world. And uh, so I I just think the more opportunity that we can give girls and women uh, to participate in their societies. uh, Also, we're we're also dealing with issues around discrimination, uh, particularly on education. But even the treatment of women and girls, just generally, mm-hmm. and, and it, here's a classic example. It's not just about money because some of the, some of the, very, I would argue, some of the really questionable treatment of women is in some of very wealthy countries in the right. world. Right. So right. it's not just about money. It's yeah. It's culture. It's religion. Uh, and of course, there's controversy around these things because, uh, once again, you can't. You can't force people to change. It has right. to be of their own. They have to see the light. Yeah, they have to see that there's a different way. And the good news is, I think generally, is that when people do quote see the light, right, they actually do change. Right. That, right. That's I think what continues to give us hope.
0: Um, I, uh, I want to come back to the women thing, but you just reminded me of a funny story over the weekend. I was at uh, Home Depot and picking up some pieces for a friend's uh, job, uh, electrical job that I'm going to be helping them with. And so the guy who was helping me was in a bit of a mood, I guess. And he was complaining to me because I was listening. And older guy, I guess, who came out of the trade, mm-hmm. and he actually used the phrase, my faith in mankind has dropped since I started working here. And the reason, Dave, was it's very funny actually. You could sort of, you could create a little sitcom around this. But this guy was so annoyed because he picked up um, a box that he was gonna give me and it had clearly been used. And so, oh, you know, they just don't teach our people at the desk to when they look at things to they don't just don't train them. You know, he's getting angry because this was clearly somebody somebody brought in a piece that had already been used and had ripped Home Depot off basically. Mm-hmm. So he said, "Ah, oh, you wouldn't believe the stuff we get back here." And he goes on this big, you know, right. human conditional rant. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> and I couldn't help but driving driving away, kind of kind of laughing about that, but also being kind of struck by that. Um, you know, uh, I don't know how you would answer this question, but is that is that just? I really don't care about anybody else other than myself, or is there some kind of connection there to our overall sort of global brokenness? You know, well, you I know, think so. Just a part of being human. Yeah, I, I'm going to no. exploit you if I can. <laughs> you know, no, I'm going to take you to the cleaners if uh, I can.
1: And I, and I mean, I think that's where, you know, as human beings, when we're we're feeling pretty good about ourselves, you, you usually can find things where. You, that sort of behavior creeps in in ways that you you hadn't thought of. You're just you're just less, uh, you, you're just less aware. I mean, I'm terrible have to make these kind of admissions. But I was on a flight the other day, and two new immigrants to Canada were sitting ahead of me in the in the um, emergency exit seats. Right, and it became clear to the flight attendant that they simply. They really couldn't understand right. the language well enough, right. so the, right. the whole so they got issue. moved. Sure, yeah. They actually moved them up to a first front front row seat. But when they left them, they left a bag in front of them, and the two seats were empty. And as we got ready to leave, the bag was sort of sitting there. And, and Diane, my wife, said to me, "Maybe we should pick that bag up." And I says, "No, no, I think they're going to come back." And I just thought. You idiot. You yeah. should have picked the Just darn pick bag up an, and given it. An what was I thinking? Yeah, right. Just something sure. as, as, as simple as that. That's what we're talking about here. Yeah, that's we why, are. Yeah. Yeah. That's why I'm always amazed at people who think they're really good. I said, do you, do you, do you have any brain at all of all the little things we do? that just show we're not as considerate as we think we are yeah yeah and uh, I, and I'm embarrassed about yeah, that because yeah. I'm a person who usually does the opposite yeah but yeah. my brain I, we' yeah. were coming back from holiday I don't know what it was yeah sure and, sure uh, but that's just an example yeah. of what we're t- just magnify that yeah and and if everybody does that consistently we got a mess we've got but a the big good problem news is, is yeah. there's usually enough people and I and I I'm amazed I have to say as a new Canadian I mean I'm a Canadian citizen I've been here what 26 years That's one of the things I'm proud of in being a Canadian, is that generally I find the consideration for people in Canada to be really, really quite good.
0: Well, and what I love about that is you are talking about the little things as well, Dave. I mean, here you are on a flight, you've got uh, these new immigrants uh, coming in, an opportunity to be generous and, and, and so on and connect and so on. I mean, this is a tiny little thing, but you multiply that by... You know, hundreds, thousands yeah. of acts on a daily basis. What, you know, yeah. how, how can that actually generate goodness, yeah. the greater good? I mean, I know it sounds corny and idealistic, but
1: I mean, I think there's a there's a real power. Oh yeah. In, 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 well, and, in, and I'm a person. Thing, right? I be- I believe in the smile. Right. I believe simply smiling at people. Right. Is sometimes it feels almost rare we get into a few situations and so I really believe in that and Uh, I I encourage people to smile. You don't know you don't know what that person's been in. Yeah
0: it's true. My wife Elizabeth smiles way more than I do. I'm I'm definitely more the, uh, (laughs) the, 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 the more morose melancholic soul in our family and every now and then when I do do it I will actually, this is how bad it is for me, I'll smile at somebody else and actually think they'll think I'm there's some sort of ulterior motive, right? Right. Right. Or I'm hitting right. on her, or what does he want from me? You know, this kind of stuff. And uh, it's t- it's kind of tragic, yeah. actually, yeah. Uh, that that it's sort of come to that. But uh, um, there's there's talk lately, uh, and, and I and I can't remember who it is, but uh, somebody saying that 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 we need to start going for macro change, mm-hmm. big mm-hmm. changes. Mm-hmm. Forget about these incremental things. Pack- mm-hmm. I, I'm not interested in the little things, but. Do, would you agree with that? I mean, are we talking about the systemic macro kind of governmental stuff, or, or are we still down, or is it a bit of both?
1: I you know, I think it's a bit of both yeah. because I think each kind of seasons the other a bit. Right. Um, so I, you know, I think it's, I think it's I mean, for example, on the, say, for example, the poverty reduction piece. The, the good news is we're we're down to what about seven hundred million people? I think not that's good, not that that's good news. Right, right. It used to be over a million. That, that we're living on a dollar a day or less. Right, right. So we're, we're moving that in the right direction. Uh, so I, but I, I do agree that I think one of the most critical things is if there's any way to help governments have strategies, frameworks within their country as to how they're going to deal with poverty so that when organizations like World Vision, other organizations, UN, etc., there's actually a plan in place with a strategy and obviously the other big issue is responsible leadership so you don't have cr- corruption and you've got rule of law. I mean, right, that's kind right, of the, the right. piece that you have to have. And so looking at that and then and then put the economic piece in it as well, that's really important to keep looking at because I think some of the the most difficult places to work in the world, even as a non-government organization, is when government doesn't function much at all. Because there you just don't get the benefit of coherence Congruence, you know that the momentum that you develop when you've got a common strategy that's agreed upon, and the other part, the other part that's so important with the government, the government's going to be there in some form or another, as far as we know into the future. right An organization like World Vision, even to a certain extent the UN, any of the other helping agencies, we're only going to be there a certain amount of time. The people who are going to be there are the people and the government. And you might argue if they have a faith community, maybe the faith community is going to be there as right, well. Right. So right. how do you leverage all that stuff? And that's the argument, I think, for looking at the macro piece. Right. I, I right. use it in our World Vision work. We're a community development organization for years and years and years. We're happy to just work in communities, work with the local people, build leadership. They carry it on. But we started realizing, we did the analysis, that's good for that community. But it's like there's a glass ceiling ahead of it mm. if there's corrupt government right. and if effective you don't have government, the infrastructure in place it it yeah. won't be sustainable yeah. yeah and so that's why i think but you've got to work at the bottom level as well or yeah. the lower part of the level because that's where the very tangible things can be done and that you're in a sense practicing working together and bringing change. But I, I think it has to be connected th- macroly as well. Do you, do, you, do you remember that 70s essay, and I can't remember the name of it
0: right now, it's ridiculous, Peter Singer wrote about, it was yeah. back in the 70s, and yes. it was kind of uh, during the uh, Ethiopian crisis, yes. and he basically argued that if you see a child drowning, you're going to help them. Kind of what yeah, we yeah, talked yeah. about right yeah, out of the gate. absolutely. Well, f- if that's true, folks... There's lots of people drowning on the other side of the world, so therefore... And it was an argument for child sponsorship, actually, yeah. this, yes. this essay, and it's considered yeah. quite a classic in philosophical circles. Do you think, like Peter Singer, that we have a moral obligation to, to help at the macro level and at the grassroots level like that? Oh, uh, absolutely. Yeah.
1: yeah. I mean, I th- it's interesting. Somebody could cynically argue that the Good Samaritan story is kind of bad for the macro picture. Because it focuses so much on the individual, there's right. no indication right. that the right. you know the guy that picked up the the guy and took him you know gave him care that he went back and said so what's causing this <laughs> you know it's the it's right. the old almost cliche was, we use you know you're you're the babies are floating down the river you're you're saving them at some point you say why who's putting them in yeah what's the heck's how going do we get it yeah. so so but I mean I don't think the Good Samaritan story is addressing that issue all right I think there are other places once again now speaking as a christian in the old testament and the new testament where the macro stuff is addressed but that particular story is very much about what i think is probably the the primary thing we have as human beings that we see somebody in need we want to help them right i don't but i don't see why we also don't then at the same time say all right but let's look at the big picture let's use the same helping spirit and say okay so how could we change the big picture so that this won't happen here right Right. Uh, so I don't. I don't really think you could separate them. Well, what I
0: love about that story is there's an immediate responsibility. Absolutely. Right. You, he was. He yeah. was uh, faced with this uh, choice, basically, yeah. of, in this case, I guess one or the other. Really, it was. It was up or down at this point, positive, negative, negative. and that's what I've often said to people about. Uh, uh, I've uh, I've been accused of when I, ha- I give money away to somebody mm-hmm. on the street of mm-hmm. of actually, you're, oh David, you're 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 making it worse and so on and I've gotten into some arguments with folks over the years but but I, I I've often tried to throw it back on myself and say well you know what it, it's my responsibility to say yes or no and I've chosen to say yes yeah, that's right because that's A right. I, I hope and trust I'm helping and b mm-hmm. it's also a reminder for me right yeah. Yeah. and and it, there's more and again there's more going on than just this one transaction I love. The transformational versus transactional kind mm-hmm. of approach to development. Do you think that um, um, governments are starting to understand this? I mean, I don't want to. I don't want to start picking holes in any government necessarily at this point. Uh, but but this idea that it really is about uh, transformational kind of. Uh, approaches, it's about relational approaches, it's got to be about grassroots, you know, you you look at how CETA closed their doors mm-hmm. here in Canada a few years ago and now DFAT-D is changing things mm-hmm. and I just read a real critique of, of DFAT-D recently because we've added five more countries now. Mm-hmm. We now have 25 mm-hmm. priority countries mm-hmm. instead of 20 and so on and and of course the critics say that it's really about business and it's not about you know mm-hmm. human rights etc. Um, I don't know if any of that's true necessarily uh, but but I'm wondering from your perspective if you think that there is a shift occurring at a higher level, uh, not just in Canada, but a globally, yeah. a shift occurring that says, you know what, this, we, can, we can make a difference. We can yeah. change things. And, and like you said, the good news is we are. Yeah. You know, now let's take it to the next level. Yeah.
1: No, no, I, I think, I think uh, that there is a shift. I, I think some of it has to do with just information there's so much more information out there, whether you're talking social media, whether you're talking uh, the investigation, the research that's being, there's just so much more information to work with. Yeah, so sure. I, yeah. I do think, I also think the downside of that though can make people very impatient. Because one of the things, they're getting, they're getting sound and video grabs of very complicated situations, and what they're seeing of course is the worst and it's very difficult back to the good samaritan parable again it's very difficult to have a diet day after day of Syrian children being butchered you know being killed by both sides in this war mm-hmm. and and not becoming impatient and angry and almost cynical i think sure that yeah. that's i think those are kind of the worst situations there's no end in sight yeah you got both sides entrenched and it's the civilian it's the children it's the mothers who are just getting just getting uh, or suffering terrible violence from this, and so, so yes, I think we do know more. I think there's more, um, there's more demand, even from donors to say, "Is my money really making a difference?" Yeah, sure. So yeah. I think I think the good move for us on the NGO side, certainly at World Vision, other organizations, is the fact that we're. I think we were too activities based before. Yes. In other words, yeah. if we got kids in school, if we um, provided nutritional uh, support when they needed it, fed malnourished children. We were satisfied with that because at one level, that's understandable. You're, you're being the good Samaritan. Yeah, sure. But what it doesn't address is, it doesn't really talk about the impact. So in other words, kids are in school, can they read? <laughs> that that yeah. might be a better, yeah. that's yeah. a better measure, what I think is called a lag measure than saying, oh, we got them in school, yeah. okay? Yeah. Or, uh, okay, we did emergency feeding. Well, at the age of, of five, are they stunted? They survived, right? but they've been so malnourished or undernourished that they're, that they're not gonna reach their full intellectual potential, and they're not gonna reach their full physical potential. Right. Right. So asking questions like that longer term. The community that we've worked in five years later, what's going on? Yeah. If it's fallen back in a heap, then we failed. Yeah. We yeah. failed.
0: Yeah, yeah. What I love about this, too, is, again, to me, it's an argument for the little things. It's an argument Absolutely. for incremental change. It's, yeah. So, yeah, the, clean, the water might be clean, but if folks aren't washing their hands yeah. and still dying from uh, other types of waterborne diseases, yeah. well, then the clean water is not going to yeah. do any good, is it? Yeah. And we're not going to really
1: know. Um, and and I, th- I think the other thing, too, that we, we all have to be humble about this. Hmm. Uh, I, I think our international president, we were talking about strategy, he said, at some point, you have to pick a path. Okay, we have to pick a path, but we have to be pretty humble about can we attribute the success, if there is success in that program, to what we did, or was it something else? Right. This is the other thing that I think it's we great. have to, we just, we just have to you be were, honest about You were about part that. of the solution. You yeah. weren't the solution, no. but part of a greater solution. And, and, yeah. and, and, and of course, that's what drives research, because then research is asking the question, let's dig in and see if we can figure out what, in fact, or where, in fact, we can attribute this. What did it? Was it because you did this or because you did that? Or maybe because somebody, not even a part of this, did
0: it. Yeah, Another causal factor. Another causal factor. What do you say to folks, uh, to donors, to, to agencies, to whoever, CETA, USAID, whoever, who want to see these results in one, three, and five years. And I frankly think it's kind of laughable in a way because mm-hmm. we're talking about 15, 20, 25-year stuff. You know, the, the capacity that was built within my life at a kid, in some respects, I probably didn't really see the results from that. Well, it was incremental. Mm-hmm. Obviously,
1: the results yeah. were over time, yeah. and
0: then the one thing builds on the other. So how do you answer that? You well, I just,
1: th- I just think governments, you can't overpromise. What you have to admit is... We're, do, we're doing this much for this period of time, here's what, our ex, here's what success look like, looks like, this is what the finish line looks like, and so at least you've got to measure yourself against that. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. we would certainly, I mean, from, from our World Vision experience, we go into a community and stay for at least 15 years. Right. And so we think that's one of the best things we're doing. Now we're still, I think, would have to say, we've got lots of anecdotal stories of great success, but we're now much more rigorous about saying let's get deeper on this, and to be sure that we actually can show the attribution that's connected with this activity. Right. That that, right. that, that we can say right. that. Right. Uh, so I, I mean I, but I think the you can't, you can't think this is going to be done quickly. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I that's just I, that's my experience, uh, and yet I, I I suppose the other thing I want to say is that there is a lot still to celebrate. I mean, when I sure. started, I started with That's World good. Vision 41 years ago. And the statistic we used then was we, we used, it's either 40 or 45,000 children dying every year from preventable illnesses, okay? So now, 41 years later, there's a little bit of debate about the statistics, yes, yes, but somewhere yeah. in the neighborhood of 17 to 18,000 children are dying every year from these same kinds of things. So, in that every, that's every day, isn't it? Yeah. Every day. Yeah, every day, sorry, every day. Yeah. And so, uh, we've now gone more population growth, but still we've right. managed, right. yes, it's taken far too long, far too but long. we've managed to cut it in half. Yeah. Yeah. And of course, now our passion is, yeah, how do we tackle this how do remainder? We get the, how do we get the remainder? And so, and then the other, I, I'd say the more immediate thing that people can relate to is, I think it, what, in the 1990s, roughly over 12 million children were dying every year from these preventable, yeah. easy, not that's, easy, but things that are preventable. That's
0: what makes me crazy.
1: Yeah. I but I have to say, now, in 2012, our last measurements were down to 6.6 million. Right. So we're moving in the right direction. We're moving in the right direction. Yeah. Uh, the, the, but the challenge now will be the way these statistics work. The the easier ones have been tackled. Right. Now we're going to get. Now we're getting down to the huge number of children. Something like what? Forty percent, I think, of the children who die under the age of five die within the first month. So that's and it's it's you know it's more medical. Yeah. It's just, yeah. it's more complicated. Yeah, sure it is. And then the other issue that I think is going to be really critical for us, so much of, of the remaining ones too are in context of violence, Right. and that's right. much harder to it's deal much, with, both, much both on the humanitarian side, let alone the local people as well, how they can deal with it. we got to wrap up shortly. I have two more questions for you. I have
0: hundreds more questions for you. Today. If we could, we could do this for the rest of the day, I'm sure, without catching a breath and maybe having a glass of water. Um, <laughs> Would you be doing this if you weren't a man of faith? If you weren't a Christian, uh, would you be doing this kind of work?
1: Well, I, first of all, I can only speak of myself Right. because yep. I know wonderful people yep. who don't have any faith. Yeah, sure. That just doesn't yeah. appeal to them. Yeah, of course. Uh, 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 Stephen Lewis is a great friend. There isn't any Canadian that I respect more than Stephen Lewis. He's a person who doesn't have faith that way. Yes, yeah. So, But all I can speak about is me. Sure. Would I, I guess it'd be hard for me to imagine that I could be doing this without my faith, uh, just because of the way I'm wired. And it might look to a person of non-faith that I'm just a weak guy. <laughs> right. But I, 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 need a, uh, you know, I need a transformational, uh, transcendent connection in my life. And I found the, the example particularly of Jesus both you know, what he's done for me as a person, but then his example as well. Really, it's really enabled me to hang in there when there have been times where you're just so discouraged and, and you're, just, you're so shocked by what, you know, I think of the worst places. You know, yeah. I think of what the Khmer Rouge did in yeah. Cambodia. Sure. I think of the years of Idi Amin in Uganda, visiting places like that. The Ethiopia famine was a whole other kind of thing, and mm-hmm. then the genocide mm-hmm. in mm-hmm. In, uh, in Rwanda, uh, it, uh, all that stuff. It 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 makes you question, or at least being embarrassed to be a human being. <laughs> you know, it's not funny. It's so but it's, yeah, that's that's where yeah. my faith yeah. drives me. Yeah. And one uh, of the, I gotta say, one of the
0: things I love about Christianity uh, uh, is, you know, the, fir- the the two the two greatest commandments: love God. And then love your neighbor as yourself. Number two
1: is right. love your neighbor as yourself. Right. I don't know whether you well, believe in God is, or not. And the truth it's is pretty it, good. it came second, but you can't separate You can't separate them. You actually it's, can't. It's you cannot say, I love God, and not love your Or you could, and from my perspective, loving your neighbor, at least for the Christian person, is that's an act of loving right. God right. as well. You right. can't
0: separate so deep, the two. Deeply connected. Yeah. So
1: yes. I, I think that's uh, you know the the most powerful thing going right. for those right. of us that come out of a faith experience.
0: Last question. Um, I mean, clearly, you you know, you know, talked about, uh, what was that great phrase that you had uh, about hope? I can't remember. it. Oh, well, right. the preoccupation. Pre- preoccupation with hope. Uh, and you are hopeful, and you are uh, a positive guy, and you're, you know, World Vision's doing a lot of great things around the world. Are you hopeful about young people? I have a six-year-old, I have an eight-year-old, and I am. Um, and yet, you know, yeah, there's lots of reasons not to be, I suppose, when you see what's on, you know, TV, maybe what, the, the movies that are selling well. And now I'm sounding like already a nostalgic <laughs> old fart, you know, oh, dad, <laughs> you know. But, but I look at my kids and, you know, they know where Ulan Ulaanbaatar is. And I'm so pleased about that. And they know about Cambodia. Yes, it's a very simple, you know, understanding on some levels. But uh, my son and his recycling and, and, and uh, his, his desire to seemingly think about others. Uh, it's a small world that we, my wife and I, and kids live in. But but would you say that's uh, is that a, is that kind of indicative? Oh, of I'm, what's encouraged. Going on? oh yeah? I'm encouraged. Oh, yeah. I'm encouraged. I, Please know, tell. tell. Oh, I Please mean,
1: you, there's no question. This generation is more informed than ever, mm-hmm. and there's some issues around that. <laughs> yeah, but, sure there is. But there, so many of them are motivated to make a difference. They 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 they're into issues around justice. It, it's clear. It seems to me that many are growing in an environment where they're not gonna to be totally comfortable with their life that's good if these other things aren't addressed. Right. And I think that's important. Will they be perfect? Heavens no. They'll have all, they'll have all kinds of, they'll have dark things they gotta deal with, yeah, right? Sure. I mean, yeah. the, the downside of social media, for example, the bullying that's going on. Right. Right. But, but, the, but the other thing that I think encourages me is that every generation has to find its way Us older people, we can be there to offer some advice, perhaps, a bit of counsel, but we need to be pretty humble because this is their day. They have to figure it out. I also say that, once again, coming out of my Christian faith, I believe that too about Christianity. And I think it's true for any religion in the world. Every generation has to, they have to live out and make their faith real in their context. And nobody can do that for them. once again, because I'm a hopeful person and I also believe God created this world, created us, God's on our side, not against us. That I think He's created us in such a way that the next generation is going to be able to figure it out mm. and the next generation after that. Very nice.
0: Um, I, I, can I bring this back to a film reference? <laughs> sure. When you said this is their day, you know what I thought of? Um, and uh, because we both love movies, was The Goonies. <laughs> This is our time. Do you remember that It's yes. such a great film. It's and I think it's at about the 30th anniversary and it's just these kids who are gonna say the heck with the adults, they don't get it, we're going in. And it's just, yeah, it's wonderful. Dave, thanks so much for um, spending the time with me today. I, I know how busy you are here. And uh, those of you who, who don't know who Dave Toyson is, uh, president of World Vision, check them out. You've probably heard of them. Uh, and also, if you get a chance, uh, pick up Dave's book, Generos- um, The Power of Generosity. It's a wonderful read. And anything else you can tell us about that's coming up for you in the near, near future?
1: No, we're just uh, we're just delighted uh, that we've got such great opportunities to. We're particularly focused on uh, mothers and children. Uh, this new commitment from the government, right, which right, is right. I think good news in many ways, and we're seeing those statistics drop as well. So uh, that's good news, and uh, I, I think the the biggest challenge that we're going to have is just I think dealing with the the context of violence, the context of that's, violence, and and the increasing number of natural disasters as well. Right. Uh, and that's and it's, it's getting harder because we have so many of them. Yeah, that's what yeah. makes it harder.
0: I got to say you're wearing a nice bright blue shirt today. It's just it's again, it's a, it's a great metaphor for you know your your ideological take on the world. <laughs> right at, uh, the, the blue sky. I'm looking out at a gray sky here, Dave. We're about to get hit with a, a thunderstorm and I'm thinking blue sky. So well, thank, we need blue water. Okay. We do. Thank, <laughs> thanks a lot for that. I appreciate your time today. Great. Thanks.